Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new, lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A hoax in the sky. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. type of bomb on board was an altitude uh, control bomb, and we did not know what altitude it was set to go off at. Qantas had paid half a million dollars ransom to guarantee the safety of the 116 passengers after a telephone caller had convinced officials that an altitude bomb had been placed aboard. If you know me and you don't, I love a good hoax. Love it. Hoax and Horton. I love it. When a word ends with the letter X... I'm like, this is good. Hijinks. And hoax. I love hoaxes. Tex-Mex. And I think what has brought that on is I just love them. I love, you know, obviously the pyramid schemes, mm-hmm. scams, yeah. fraud-based things. Oh, and yeah. and I've been listening to my current favorite podcast, and mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. is Swindled. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. It's free uh, plug for Swindled. Free, they don't need it. They don't. But I'm when I run out of episodes, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be very, very upset. Yeah. It's it's just it's great. You're like a ticking time bomb. It just covers a lot of swindles. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, there's crime involved, but it's not. It usually doesn't end as macabre as some yeah. of the things. But if you're into any kinds of fraud, scams, white collar crime, and you know, sometimes it gets you know a little a little a little dirty. But it got me really interested in hoaxes, and this is one hoax that I've always been hoaxified kind of, yeah i was i was i was kind of familiar with it mm-hmm. just in general research but i never really got down and dirty with it mm-hmm. and you did um, it's yeah. like whoa 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 where are we now yeah but mm-hmm. it is the Qantas bomb hoax of 1971 Ooh-wee. because it is a hoax so you mm-hmm. know talk you know bombs and airplanes mm-hmm. in 1971 were bad but worse after you know 9-11 yeah. but the fact that it's a Hoax and it takes place in Australia, and for some reason, Australia. We listen. We listen to Teacher's Pet, right? Yeah, yeah. Australia is unhinged. There's just so there's the level of like kind of crime, and I love Australia. Mm -hmm. Like we'd love to go there. Oh, absolutely! Somebody send us there. My brother lives there. Oh yeah, does he like it? Yeah, he loves. I thought he lived in China. He did live in China. He moved to Australia. He's in uh, Adelaide. Okay, I want to go visit. It's not like oh, he lived in uh, Valley Village and then he moved to Burbank. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no, He's not okay. No, no, yeah, no. We do. In- we love Australia. We have loved ones in Australia. It's it's just the culture there is so it's like sliding doors, England. You know, it's like it's very like bizarro Europe. Yeah. I, plus I, deadly animals. Yeah, I and I feel like there's just like the crime and true crime aspect in, in Australia is mm-hmm. rife. Oh, I guess. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I guess Australia was a debtor's prison at one time. Yes, right? it was. was. So it was. It's interesting, but we, this is not meant to be disparaging. No. It's a celebration. We, we'd love it's to go. A celebration. The Qantas bomb hoax is a celebration of your culture. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is when people pull off like a scam, certainly if nobody, obviously a victimless crime, but if nobody mm-hmm. gets hurt, 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like monetary damage or time consumption. Mm-hmm. I feel like credit should be given to the people that pull them off, especially mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Yeah. That's in a general thing. I feel like there should be some credit given mm-hmm. where maybe you could like turn around and be like, hey, let me lend my, and that happens, let me yeah. lend my knowledge. Sure. You know, like a hacker that gets caught and mm-hmm. then says, hey, listen, in turn, I'll lend my knowledge to how to, you know, safeguard your internet better. Yeah. Um, I feel like some credit should be given. But I'm going to give, I guess I'll give some credit to Mr. Brown. Hmm. Oh. What? You want to know about Mr. Brown? Yeah. Okay. He well, sounds ominous. Single. Does he have a first a first name and a? <laughs> well, listen, you're sounding just like a Fed. Oh, you sound no. just like a Fed. Dark yeah. alert. Yes. I'm well, cool. I'm cool. I smoke. Let me just kind of lay it out. Mm-hmm. At 11 a.m. May 26th, 1971, a man called calling himself Mr. Brown mm-hmm. called the Department of Civil Aviation. Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, I don't know if that's, yeah, the, it's that's so what it's big. called in, in everywhere, or mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with aviation. Lost that my much? brother okay. about it. Yeah, but, it might um, be. Yeah, in fact, I would love him to weigh in on this because yeah. he taught a class about hoaxes and crashes Ooh. and all kinds of- yeah. I'm not talking conspiracy theories. No, but like yeah, aviation yeah. Like craziness, yeah. essentially. Oh, that was, I like that. Class is called that. He's not going to say the earth is flat, is he? He's a flat earther. He's my brother and I love him. He has some good ideas. Yeah. So it was transferred to a police officer and he said there was a bomb in Lockery 84 at Sydney's Kingsford Smith International Airport. Mm -hmm. So he's like, there's a bomb. He's like, here's some info. Department of Civil Aviation. Was supposed to be a 24 stick gelgenide barometric bomb, which sounds- I love those bombs. (laughs) terrifying yeah it sounds, it sounds terrifying it, does. it sounds like it is it's made of a neon color yeah. like it glows in the locker yeah it's uh like a ghostbuster style yeah it's 24 listen one stick and i'm nervous yeah yeah you got 24 sticks whoa, whoa, whoa. stop it stop no, it thank stop you. it Mm-mm. also there is an identical bomb oh, on board cool, a twin? boeing 707 qantas jet it was flight 755 mm-hmm. london to hong kong so double whammy big classic big international. classic we got one Domestic, we got one abroad, baby. So they go and check. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's see what's going on. Bomb yeah. spot. And they found it. There was a bomb. Oh, okay. It was not activated. Okay. But obviously it was a real bomb. They were like, somebody made this, was like, knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not like a prank. Mm-mm. It's like they showed up and there was a, a, a bag of dog poop. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, they're not here. And it was like, sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Is that your reimagining of uh <laughs> This is a better, this is already a better version of seven. So they were like, this is, this is a real bomb. And there were three notes found inside the box of the bomb. So there was more information. (laughs) They were Life finds a way. Nope. Not (laughs) even close. Believe in your dreams. (laughs) But it was backwards. They were like, you're in believe. We'll never figure this one out. (laughs) Burn it. The first one was addressed to Captain RJ Ritchie, Qantas general manager. And he said he wanted $500,000 in ransom in exchange for instructions how to defuse the bomb mm-hmm. it's an altitude bomb so when it hits the altitude mm, it's like speed but up, up. yeah <laughs> it's up the movie up up but speed but speed yeah. on up it's interesting because we Uppers. kind of did an episode on, about the balloon fest yeah and that was up, up. we're really well we are you the ghost town you universe guys get, is, a, get a locker put some pictures up start putting string yeah you episodes. can really you will crack this yeah we are here to crack you're this. in the ghost town universe Quit your job. <laughs> Stop all your friends. Make this your yeah. life. And if you have friends, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you have any friends? Can you, is this where we talk about patreon.com slash ghost town pod? Not yet. 
Okay. You got the you got the name right though. Chomping at the bit. He's like, it. I finally got the name after over hundred. I'm episodes. only letter number one. Whoa, damn. Okay, yeah. we got a lot. We got a journey. All right. The second letter was addressed to Sergeant Short, the police. He says a larger to life, larger device. I don't know if he thought maybe like I need enough people to get this information. Mm-hmm. Like if for it's example, if one bases, per- you know, if one person, if it's only one and the person's out, maybe out sick and it takes them yeah. a couple days to get it. It, it needs to be. Someone's on vacation with their family. Someone's wife got pregnant yeah. and like they're out. So same information. Sure. The third one said that if the plane descended actually mm. below 20,000 feet, the bomb would explode. Okay, what is it? So is what it goes up must come down. Or is it's it going descending? Down. It's going down. Okay. It's once, it maybe it triggers up. Okay, triggers and up. And then triggers down. And then, okay, so turned on, yes. explode. Turn you on. You can't see my finger right now, but my finger went up. If you could stay up, my finger went down. in infinitum up in the air. Infinitum, is that a word? I don't know. Infinitum? Infinited, infinitiveness? No, infinitum. It sounds like it's a word. And like in perpetuity? Yeah. It's know. not illegal. It's illegal. No. <laughs> The Office of the Prime Minister, the Premier, the Minister of Civil Aviation, they all got the information. The Army mm-hmm. and Navy got together. They had submarines, helicopters, because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, we got to, we're going to go up, we got to go down. Mm-hmm. We have to cover all bases. Sure. Air and sea rescue, bomb mm-hmm. dismantling. Yeah. The, you know, probably they were like, wow, we really have to assemble on, yeah. on this one. Yeah, we're going to crack force. And this yeah. is, and bomb stuff is no joke. Yeah. No, like, that's what I'm saying. This is not, a, but if you remember the title. You can just... It's a jokes. You can relax. Joke hoax. <laughs> no, it's a real It's a roax. It's a real it's a, hoax. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a joke hoax would just be real. Yeah. A real I bomb. guess so, yeah. Damn. Uh, so there was 116 passengers, 12 crew. They connected to the captain, William, mm-hmm. nicknamed Bill. Stop Selwyn, it. Selwyn, yeah. And he was in control of the plane. He, you know, he was told, you know, he was skilled. He mm-hmm. knew what he was doing. He said, continue north. To Brisbane, Queensland, which way they were going in and follow, you know, mm-hmm. just wait for instructions. But he realized that Sydney Airport was superior in capacity for, you know, capabilities and emergencies. So he was kind of like uh, changed to to mm-hmm. kind of go in that direction. So he's going back. Now he's going back to Sydney and maintain an altitude of 3,500 feet, mm-hmm. 1,500 above. Okay. So the crew, you know, started looking for this bomb. Sure. They were, they were like, um, but like probably in a casual like. Oh, yeah. Just check hey, do you want some nuts? Can I look inside your bag, please? Yeah. Can I pat you down? And everyone's smoking cigarettes. Oh, hell it's yeah. it's cool. I like, my brother took me up in a plane, like a little Cessna plane when he first got his license. It was one of the most terrifying and humbling things as an older sibling. Also, there was an ashtray, like an old school ashtray. Like, I, I remember that. I remember being on planes with ashtrays. Oh, I, my God. I remember it really well. Like, I remember yeah. like, and then when they kind of like sealed them up when they were like, you can't do this anymore. But they, yeah. they still had them in there before yeah. they eventually changed the, changed the, yeah. Amazing. So he found a minimum speed because he had to save save gas. They were looking for. They were looking. They were scouring. Yeah, they were scouring. They were looking for it. Yeah. Everyone's like, uh, "What the hell's going on here?" All the Australians were like, "We just want to get home." Everyone's like, "We're checking your bags again. We're checking your cufflinks and pockets. Let me look inside your eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on inside that pillowcase?" Nope. Well, you know what? They're not. They didn't find anything, did they? No. They did not know that at the time there was negotiating, there was negotiations. Everyone has a nickname, Captain Robert James Burt Ritchie. It's like, did you give yourself your own nickname? Yeah, you just make, just take another normcore male name and put it in your name. 
and general manager Philip Housen. Mm-hmm. The extortionist wanted to speak with Captain Ritchie, mm-hmm. who was out of his office at the time. Housen, out of office, you yeah. know? That's, you don't know who's going to be there. Look, everyone has a life. And so Housen says, I'm the general manager. So they start negotiating. Uh, Qantas wrote a check for $500,000. Yeah, they're like, here, I don't know. God. Yeah. They Then they started, you know, they wrote the check and they were starting to mm-hmm. bundle the you know, you know, $20 Mm-hmm. notes i guess whatever the you know it's not 20 dollar bills but whatever yeah the, australian currency the, yeah that, like the highest australian mm-hmm. currency you know the reserve bank uh, reserve bank and they, so they're counting the money through the afternoon they only have time to record a minimal number of banknote prefixes you know to mm-hmm. you know track the money yeah you know, when, when they get it it was late in the afternoon it's winter now mr Bra- brown said the ransom was by this time there was only one hour of fuel on the plane so they were well, like they were well, like we, have we can't do this forever this. people like get on it so, Mr. Brown mm-hmm. spoke with Captain Housen. And Dr. PM. Brown Soda's like, no, man, come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a Jewish jelly, right? That's Dr. Brown's a Jewish Dr. jelly, Brown, right? Yeah, the celery soda, yeah. cream soda. I always mm. pretended to like it. I never really, I, I don't really, know. Maybe I like I, it. I love maybe soda, I, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I go to Jewish jelly's and mm-hmm. that's what they, they yeah. had. Maybe root beer. Was, yeah, was for sure. Good. Sure. Totally relevant to the story, though. Yeah. At, well, Brown, <laughs> Doctor, Mister, Who, who's to say? <laughs> we, I am. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, okay. So he, they spoke at two p.m., three p.m., four p.m. As time was going on, more instructions, and he always had details that he was like, "No, next you'll get more details." Mm-hmm. So he's just basically kind of just stalling. Okay. And then a call at five thirty came from Mister Brown with the final payoff instructions. The exchange lasted nine minutes. He was told a yellow van would pull up outside the Qantas house mm-hmm. in Chiefly Square at five forty-five. Driver was to toot the horn three times and wave the car keys at the window. Um, jingle jangle. They were like, if anything goes wrong, boom. He's like, I, you know, cut boom. Yeah, be, the getaway vehicles have to be followed. You know, obviously, if you follow, you, the, you know the story mm-hmm. exactly. A um, yellow van. It's and like then the he most was like, bright color. It's not just me. There's a huge network here. It's, mm-hmm. it's other things can happen if you delineate. Is that the right word? Delineate from the plan. Deviate. Is it deviate? What's know. delineate? Delineate is like a little like. Like a subcategory. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So not not Whatever. deviate. Yeah. Not delineate. And then so there was you know, police radio patrolled. Uh, v- There's vehicles kind of like undercover mm-hmm. out there. He made the, the captain Richie made the rendezvous to deliver the ransom, mm-hmm. and he didn't know if he knew what the you know chief executive looked like. So mm-hmm. they weren't going to substitute a police officer in the place. They didn't want to take that chance. He's like, no. I know what you look like. Now you've deviated from the oh, plan. Yeah, look at that. Learning. Nice. Life is a process of learning. Nice. Mm-hmm. And the getaway vehicle was not tailed. The van was discovered a few minutes later, parked at the corner of George and Bathurst Streets, opposite the Regent Theater in the heart of the city. Hmm. Want to take a little break? And get back I was to- just going to say that. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Tech. Movies inspired by real crimes. Cruise ship deaths and disappearances. Crimes that shape the course of history. And crimes involving families. These are just a few of the series you can find on Corpus Delicti. Corpus Delicti is a weekly true crime podcast that takes a series approach, spending several weeks at a time discussing crime within a certain topic. Hosted by two Southern Bells, we bring you compelling stories with a hint of Southern charm. Sometimes... 
The stories will make you cry. Sometimes you might even laugh, but they're stories you won't want to miss. Find Corpus Delicti on your favorite podcast app by searching for C-O-R-P-U-S-D-E-L-I-C-T-I and join us every Tuesday. Hope to see you then. Now we're back from the break. We're back. Hello. Let me read some Instagram. Yeah. What's Uh, happening on our Instagram, which is uh, Ghost Town Pod. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Forrest Whitaker Eyes, which is Brandon. Mm -hmm. Wait, do you know this person? I, I do now. Oh. Yeah, he, he made Instagram stories. He's listening to Ghost Town Pod at Rebecca Lieb and at the Jason Horton, which mm-hmm. is our Instagram. That's us. They are fantastic. So super supportive. Wow, just like, I love it. Brief, but impacting. Yeah, I like it. Super mm-hmm. important. Thank you for the support. If you Thank are you. wondering, like, uh, is rating and reviewing is on Apple Podcasts you guys helpful? Don't need that. It is. Absolutely. It absolutely we is super helpful. We live for it. We live on it. It helps us with you having to really do very mm-hmm. little. And if you've done it already, we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank absolutely. you so much. Please, please, please do it. Please. And if you want to do more, you can get a limited edition enamel pin. Yes. The first piece of Ghost Town merch. Oh my God. These pins are beautiful. They are. Solid gold. Better diamonds. Yes. Better than the show itself. <laughs> yes. For only $6.66, yeah. you can make a deal with the devil, baby. Yeah. And it's limited. We are probably going to break even on this particular thing. That's an optimistic thought. Yes. We're probably going to lose money. Uh-huh. But we rather you have the pin, but you still get the bonus episodes. So you go to, what's the site? The Patreon is www.ghosttownpatreon.com. I got nervous. I got, okay, you it tried to show w- off the WWE. I, I, I really did. I, I, I really flew too close. You're to hot dog okay. the whole thing. www.patreon.com slash ghost town pod. All right. Yes. We did it. I finally got it. It's been a year in the making. I haven't bar- known. I am not an active, I don't have active knowledge of our social media or Patreon accounts for about a year. But here we are, you know. You didn't know who Nicolas Cage was when I was trying to describe <laughs> true, to you. True, true. So, <laughs> I'm very with it. Yeah, I am not going slowly on. going crazy. Okay. Are you down for more crime? I am. Okay, let's do some more crime. So a technician had noticed a mustard-colored van being driven. Mustard or yellow? Which is it? It's mu- I mean, I would say brown. I'm going to say brown mustard. Hmm. It was driven erratically along George Street and, you know, caught his attention. The he just jammed on the brakes. Uh-huh. A man emerged from the van carrying two blue suitcases and he walked around corner to Bathurst Street and headed off on foot in the direction of Hyde Park. Why? Hyde Park in London. Why? It's like yeah. the van, he leaves the van with the money on foot? Yeah. Like in a panic. In so a at 6, 10 p.m., suitcase. Mr. Brown telephoned Quanta's officials for a last time, well, for a final One. time. Public phone booth, by the way. Of course, God. And it always he, is. he was like, postscript? There's no bomb on the plane. Gotcha. Yeah. He's like, You've been punked. Yeah, pretty much. You've been exed. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy's exed. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, deep cut. Yeah, deep cut. Deep, mm-hmm. deep cut. So people are, there were people obviously relieved. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. come on, you lied to us. I was hoping it was going to be a bomb. I hope something was going to go wrong here. So people mm-hmm. were relieved. Yeah. If this were a movie, it would be the the fuel would be already on zero, like past zero. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, oh my God. And he's like, no bomb. And they'd be like, thank God. And then like a bunch of people make out on the plane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Mr. Brown gets away. Well, Mr. Brown. Temporary, temporarily. Arch. So they're retracing his steps. They're trying to find out where mm-hmm. he went. You're like, uh, yeah. flag all mustard or yellow vans. Yeah. He, once he handed the two blue suitcases to Mr. Brown, Captain Richie took the elevator. His office comes past when a Detective McNeil walked in and announced they've got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Qantas general manager 
was like how we had a plan. Mm-hmm. They had a plan to, you know, they had undercover plain clothes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the police got stuck in the elevator. Nice. And it stopped at every floor. You know, when you're in an elevator and just like, and like it stops at every single floor. Yeah. And it's, you have to go. And so that's like, what, oh my God. I mean, uh, I, there's got to be a way to bypass that. Yeah. I mean, there's got to um, be some button where it's like, get yeah. the bomb threat yeah. person. So they did not have him. So there's conflicting stories of mm-hmm. like what actually happened. No, no, we wouldn't have gotten him anyway based mm-hmm. on other information. But, you know, sure. Um, this guy seemed to just be like, I got the monies and yeah. started running. He's like, I'm on foot. Yeah. I'm running towards a public park. He's probably better at the like the kind of technology version of it than the escape mm-hmm. version of it. I mean, some of this seems very sophisticated, this story. And yeah. other parts seem seems not at all. So now they're like, we have to. He's like, he's gotten away. Yeah, he's gone. The money's got to be spent. Guilt has to be weighed. People yeah, involved. The bills. It, it's like loose lips, lips sink ships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we notice somebody going, hey, wow, you just bought a, you know, a $75,000 car. And yeah. Don't you know, we know I mean? the serial numbers? It's kind of like D.B. That's Cooper. some. Okay. Some. They okay. couldn't do it all in time. It's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So they thought that Mr. Brown... The like they're kind of the CIB mm. Criminal Investigation Bureau, which is the CIA or sure. FBI. They thought that it was somebody who was involved that understood aviation, mm-hmm. and which is bombs. yeah. I mean that kind of makes sense, right? Uh, I suppose. I mean, you'd have to figure out how to get. You'd have to understand nuances of like mm. you can't just be like I'll just throw in like you know seat F three. You know what yeah. I mean? You just can't. No, you just can't do it like that. They might have might have worked at the Sydney airport that maybe you know, knew some people. There was a story from the Daily Telegraph mm-hmm. that they were going to, the Detective Sergeant Ken Brown was creating a life-size model of him based on the description. So they were making like a composite of him to oh, kind of like life-size really- life-size model. Yeah. So just to really, to really identify who it is. Yeah. Every um, part of they him. They said, press, come here, take a, it was like an art installation. They're yeah. Like, they're like, come take a picture with Dr. Brown. They said that he was around 25, five foot eight. Young, uh, hot, single. Brown hair, like kind of like to the, Ooh. yeah, like kind of like a bob cut. Like a, <laughs> like a Prince Valiant style? Yeah, sort of, right, something well. like that. Mustache, glasses. Now, who knows what's yeah. a wig and what's, you know, blue floral pattern shirt, open at the neck, pretty Ooh, deep. Yeah. Okay, pretty, okay. pretty I, deep. I'd take a picture with this composite. A, I'd take this composite out for dinner and I'd pay. Fawn colored wind cheater jacket, which maybe like a windbreaker. Fawn colored? Oh, yeah, that's like, I call that. Light brown peanut. This is very jaunty. Light colored trousers, flared bottoms, well worn brown suede Ugh, desert. Everyone loves a flare jean on a man, you know. Yeah, is it Jim Morrison? <laughs> no, he had, died by brown at the same time. Mm. The London newspaper, the Evening Standard, claimed the man was known to them, and they dispatched some fingerprints, and they were like, "Hey, we, you know, we have a, a lead on this person." On June first, police parked the mustard colored van at the corner of mm-hmm. the scene, so somebody might recognize it. Like, hey, do you remember seeing this here? So we'll put yeah. it there, so you understand what's going on. They want to see if there's connected to any other criminals. They connected with the FBI, Scott and Scott and Yard, Interpol, academics at Sydney's University, listening to the voices. Mm-hmm. All the th- you know some of the things that we were talking about in another episode, where it's like all these little things, the tools, the resources, and to this is earlier someone. in time. But of course, yeah. you know, it's when like it's. Uh, bomb threats and half a you know million. Yeah, or even like the phone tracking thing, like where to find yeah. out where the phone booths were, or the registration on the van, or something, or maybe even like the brand shirt. Like, can you go and find? That's what they did for Night Stalker. They yeah. found his shoe, but like, yeah. can we find any of those things? Yeah. Well, what they did, they started doing like some forensics on his voice. They said a mid in mid England with the twang of North London. 
He said the man took possession of the ransom, spoken on Australian accents, so detectives said that it maybe it wasn't the actual Mr. Brown. The person who picked the thing up was mm. not the person on the phone. That makes sense. Yeah. And the ingredient ingredients, I'll call them, mm-hmm. of the bomb were only used at the Mount East Mines Limited in Queensland and Western Australian Mining Company. Mm-hmm. They went okay. and investigated. They had a few suspects, people who maybe have access or like a working knowledge of it. And then finally oh, baby. The arrest Gold of line. Mr. Brown. Ooh. Mr. Brown and me. <laughs> You're, you can write letters to him now? You're already writing letters to him. <laughs> I'm general. already in love. Yeah. He's 97 right now. <laughs> so <laughs> You were like, 95 is my limit. But. Come on. So they, two men were brought in on August 4th, 1971. Mm-hmm. A press conference chief of the CIB said that a 30-year-old, a 31-year-old fiberglass factory owner and driver mm-hmm. from Devon, England, or Devon, England, Mm -hmm. was Mr. Brown, and a 20-year-old Australian barman and former marine engineer was his accomplice. A detective acted on a tip-off from a service, uh, a gas station attendant about a a guy that was spending a bunch of money. Yeah, in a gas station. He was like, I want all the sodas and hard-boiled eggs and cigarettes. Pulled in with a a brand-new Jaguar. Yeah, and he was like, I want 14 money orders and a Snickers. Yeah, it's just like, dude, like, I don't (laughs) know. No, he's like, something's up. Yeah. He's like, I'll take the king size. He's like, yeah. no, no, I'll take the regular size. I'll buy two of them. I don't care. I got money to burn. That's my idea Big of luxury, twigs. though. Yeah. That, that's what, uh, yeah. No, actually, here's what happened. He originally had a, a Jaguar, and then he came in with a new Ford GT. Oh. So I guess. He's like, wait, wait, nicks the Jaguar. He's like, yeah. go back, park away, get no, the No, 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 it's pulled in a new Jaguar. Oh, okay. They switch cars. Okay. Got it. That, now I'm understanding this. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. there's they just, uh, he's like, oh, okay, a new car, a new car. They put a tail on him. And then he was arrested, mm-hmm. living in a brand new penthouse. And yeah, all those things that you you shouldn't do. Don't learn. do those yeah. things. I guess if you're like 25 and you, you're like, you've never had this kind of money. You're like, yeah, I'll buy a high rise build. Yeah. I'll buy the nicest things. I'll get all the gold and silvers Bad. and do platinums it. and diamonds, champagnes, uh, women. Uh, the second man, Boy. they arrested him. He was sitting in a late model red Ford GT mm-hmm. inside of his home and they impounded a Ford van located in uh, probably another suburb and it contained a bunch of tools mm-hmm. um, you know, that coincide with this and they were arrested to appear in court the same day. They stood court mm-hmm. yeah, and they charged that Peter Pasquale Macari was the person known as Mr. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. He's like, let's take this name and let's whittle it down to something very normal. Yeah, very cool name. He said he was the man who placed the bomb in the Sydney airport, made the ten- telephone calls, and took position, t- took the ransom, and mm-hmm. drove the van. He, A wow. second man, mm-hmm. Mr. Raymond James Pointing, good names, Ooh, yeah. assisted Macari in making the bomb, wrote through the letters, and then just kind of aided him in the operation. Yeah. Technical stuff. So, Did he also have a penthouse, though? I don't know what he had. I think he had, he had a couple of roommates. Oh. <laughs> it was like a three's it's company like situation. Living in deep yeah. North Hollywood. Yeah. So here's the thing. Not all the money's recovered. That's a big Ooh, thing about this. The money is still. Thing. Yeah. And he, they said Mr. Macari was a flight risk. He was skipped on bail due to the serious nature. There was still 40. There was still $460,000. We're still missing. Made in custody. a lot of money that's yeah. still missing. On Sunday, August 8th, the Sydney Morning Herald ran a story. $130,240. 240, mm-hmm. whatever the, the, the money is at the time. I was hidden in a fireplace in, in uh, I think, Mr. Brown's. Yeah. In um, his fireplace. Yeah. In what is in a property that, that he purchased 
was bricked up in a fireplace. And he had some time. I mean, there was a couple of months where they, you know, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have it. Yeah, weird, though. It's like, uh, yeah. I want to hide this cookie. I'll put it in a mouth. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, they just, they found it in plastic garbage bags. And there was stuff with the $20 notes. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find anything else anywhere there. The total came to 138240 They can now account for half of the half million. Detectives alluded they were expecting a person, the petrol station attendant, to make a claim for the $50,000 reward. So that's accounting mm-hmm. for that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I guess, and Mr. Brown, right before he did that, a movie called The Doomsday Flight mm-hmm. appeared on a Sydney radio, Sydney television station, and same, a similar story of that yeah. concealed bomb criminal, and if it f- flew below that, it would detonate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Is that one, there was no bomb on the plane, too? No, I think that one Real. was, that was, that was not, yeah. And then the Washington, D.C. told hundreds of television stations, do not show this film. It was mm-hmm. aired in Canada in 1971. I don't know if it actually ended up airing. Yeah. So it was a, uh, it was like a pretty, Giant yeah, it was like a pretty. Wow. Uh, don't pretty, make a movie yeah, pretty, um, pretty that coincides thing. with a crime, yeah. a current crime. Because that yeah. could be sticky. And they want, then there's like, where's the money? Where, where is, is the money? Where is the money? Show me the money. That yeah. was later. There's 239,000. He said there was a third person and yeah. he was the mastermind. Oh, goes by the name of Ken. <laughs> Get lazy with the names here. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> he, it was he, that was it was Ken who asked him to make the bomb. Had watched Doomsday Flight and stayed in touch until the day of the extortion. And he took all of it except for one twenty five. He threatened me and spoke of what they would do to him. So he mm. was wow. also under the gun. Yeah, Mr. Brown said that after be, being paid the five hundred thousand, he left the stolen van. And he walked down Kent Street. Mm-hmm. He said that Ken and his second man were waiting in a white valiant. Both parties drove to Olive Street, Paddington. I think we uh, say Olive Garden. I was no. like, hell yeah, yeah that's how this ends. Yeah. The suitcase were open. Ken took out the 125 and handed it to him. And then he put the re- lion's share of the ransom and drove away. Police are like, it's Macari that did it. Yeah. He said they gave 50000 the ransom to Raymond Pointing and kept the rest. Mm-hmm. They think that the missing money is underwater off Bondi Beach in two corrosion-proof wall safes. No, that's the That's same one of the beach. theories, yeah. That's very close to my brother and kind of close to a teacher's bed. Your brother's Does involved. my brother have this money? Is his name Ken? <laughs> <laughs> On... Uh, January 27th, 1972, they were about to get about to get sentenced. Kari got 15 years. Okay. Uh, pled guilty. And Raymond James Pointing got seven years. All right. Yeah. And crimetraveler.org, really good site. They have like really good, <laughs> no, they have really good, like, uh, they just have really good, like, information. That's and, great. And, and a cool ton of good stuff. stuff. All yeah, right. The great right. picture. If you want to check pictures, check them out. Okay. It was, uh, yeah. It I was, bet there's uh, some cool fashion photos of these men. On this Gorgeous. Thing. I can't wait. And the bombs are pretty are pretty terrifying. I will swipe right on all of that. From the brilliant creative minds that brought you Keep Drinking, It'll Get Better, and the Real Housewives of Hillcrest Nursing Home comes the podcast that people are raving about. Hi, this is Edward October for OctoberPodVHS.com, here to tell you what people are saying about our true crime podcast. A thread store in Arizona says, too much dribble and slang. These ladies obviously enjoy their own humor and sound high. Hey, at least they called you ladies. Benny from Idaho says, your topics are so appealing, but a three-person pod is difficult enough to follow without banter. Um, our true crime podcast only has two people? Wait, 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 wait. Where's the other 100 five-star reviews? Can somebody give me the five-star reviews? Okay, here we go. Much better. 
Luscious Lee says, stand up. Five stars. You girls are funny AF. I especially love the me and Mrs. Jones rendition you sneak into the recording. Cherry G 107 says, I struggle finding a new podcast, and so far, I've been hooked to you guys' podcasts. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up, thumbs up, smiley face. Our true crime podcast, two girls, one story, and lots of bad renditions of songs you love. Available on your favorite podcatcher. Go binge it today.